Wide Web has long been host to copied and pasted stories of an apocryphal nature. These stories came to be known as Copybusta, and then the creepy variant emerged. Welcome to Creepypodsta, the Creepypasta podcast. Welcome, this is the episode. I'm Jeff, the host of the show. We're getting right into it. You know, you come here for uh, people to talk about spooky stories. That's all you want is you don't want to hear the stories be read. You just want to hear people talk about them. Luckily, no one has ever, ever, ever demanded that this show be people reading creepypastas. That would be ridiculous. Uh, the joke here is that every single negative comment I've ever gotten online about this show is, hey, why are you not reading the stories? Why do you just talk about them? Uh, because I don't own the stories. You can't just do that. Because it is Rick and, <laughs> a podcast dedicated to talking about Rick and Morty isn't going to play the episode. It's Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, they, it's like... And there are like People... eight podcasts devoted to talking about Rick and Morty. <laughs> oh, at least, I'm sure. It's it's this weird thing where people are like, mm, I'm going to make uh, three episodes a week just reading people's stories from online. You need permission from the author to do that. Uh, like, the even the ones that I read for Patreon, I try to avoid ones that are already like published on No Sleep or whatever. Because it's like, you... You're not supposed to. I like to read SCPs because those are um, released under a Creative Commons license. Uh, that whole wiki is like, you can make anything based on anything from this wiki as long as you just credit the uh, articles that you took uh, stuff from. And like, okay, cool. Um, but anyway, like, I'm not, it's, this isn't just reading the stories. We do more than that. We think with our critical analysis brains. We're better than anyway. just readers. Come on, exactly. people. Sometimes yeah, I even <laughs> Please welcome back to the show, Alex Capello. Hey, creeps. And Emma Goodman. Hi, everybody. And I did another bad job saying Alex's name. Um, this time, <laughs> instead of, instead of cho- choking on my own spit, I had an inadequately lubricated uh, vocal apparatus with which to say the phrase Alex Capello. It's okay. That was much if you say my name three times, then a bloody demon comes out of your bathroom and kills you. So, you know, <laughs> you, you might not want to do that. <laughs> I think over the course of this recording session, I've said it like five times. Oh no, Jeff, you're gonna die! You twice and, oh no! Oh gosh! Anyway, that was at least the third time just now. So who knows? Uh, it's okay. My door's shut. I don't think demons can go through doors. If it was a ghost, that would be a different issue. <sighs> anyway, we have a story that um, I actually chose. I brought. Um, it went around in September of this year. Wow, I thought it was older than that. Um, and was a Spanish-language, I believe, cartoonist named Manuel Bartual. It now has the title Everything is Fine, and an official translation from Manuel himself. 
Um, but it was originally going around Spanish language Twitter and then made its way to English language Twitter via, uh, what was the person's name? Yeah. Uh, well, I want to credit their, their Twitter handle for helping make this go viral. Do you happen to have it on hand or no? Uh, no, no. I'm, Googling, I'm Googling now. I'll be able to find it. Oh boy, I typed his name all wrong. This is horrible. This is going poorly already. Oh wait, it was at Supuri. S-U-P-P-U-U-R-I is the original translator. Perfect. Thank you. Um, and the author, uh, was, uh, Manuel Bartual, M-A-N-U-E-L-B-A-R-T-U-A-L. Uh, that is a Spanish language Twitter account. Um, the English translation official now exists, um, from Bartual English on Twitter. Uh, I think this is the only thing that he's tweeted. It's a Storyfy, uh, that is linked in the description for this episode, so you can find it all there. Um, now, Alex, uh, I think this te- is technically your turn. All right. Uh, so if you could, if you could summarize this story as best you can. Okay. So this guy Manuel is on vacation in some pretty beautiful-looking beachy resort town. And he starts posting about some weird stuff that starts happening to him on his vacation, because of course weird stuff is happening, otherwise we wouldn't have a story. Um, One day he's just kind of reading on the balcony of his room, and he hears the door open, and he goes inside. There's this tall man, like, frantically pacing around his hotel room, and this dude is speaking in, like, out-of-order words. And seems just really agitated, really frantic, really nervous, and really disoriented. And the guy just leaves, and Manuel is just like, what the hell just happened? So he goes down to breakfast and finds the same guy that was in his hotel room. And the guy is completely different, totally different demeanor, and just keeps like this fake smile plastered on his face saying, don't worry, everything's fine. Don't worry, everything's fine, which is really unnerving to him. So he just kind of like goes back to his hotel room, just kind of chill and everything's cleaned up. And he finds a random black pencil on the floor that he's like, this isn't mine. This probably isn't from the cleaning crew. It's just a random black pencil on his floor. Um, and, like, the next day, he goes for a walk down the beach, um, goes to the end of the dock to take some really nice pictures. When he turns around, he sees the tall man and some other dude standing next to him, and they, he feels like they're staring at him. So he takes a couple pictures of them and posts them in the story, and once he starts walking back down the dock, the guys turn around and start walking away, and he tries to follow them, but can't keep track of them. Um, and, but he notices that the other guy that was with the tall guy is wearing a shirt that was, that mysteriously went missing from his hotel room the day before, which kind of freaks him out too, of course, because what are the odds of some other dude having the exact same shirt that you just lost? Yeah. Yeah, so he kind of, like, paranoid falls into, like, a little bout of paranoia and just kind of chills in his room before deciding to go take a swim. 
Um, well, someone's receiving a very loud phone call. Sorry, that was my phone. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't. I, I couldn't. We continued on. <laughs> like you just didn't let that stop you. <laughs> I'm a professional, I ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Of course, the phone stopped nothing. I assumed that it was Emma's phone, and you had just assumed I would cut it out later. No, my phone plays Wicked Blood by Seawolf. Okay. I don't know what that is. It's it's a great song. Alright. It would make make your life better if you heard it. If I put songs in the episodes of the show, I would consider putting that one in You could. Here, it actually, actually, I don't know. It's a, it's a big, I don't know. The, the video is like, never mind. Okay, we're getting up. I mean, you can still link it in the comments, like the, the episode description. I don't do that in this show. No, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to forget to do that. <laughs> anyway, uh, you can continue on. Okay, so, you know, after his swim, he finds the other guy that was standing with the tall man just kind of like, sitting on the beach, and he decides to start following him. This guy goes and gets a burger, and then Manuel follows him to a supermarket where he just now suddenly realizes that this dude looks exactly like him and is totally a doppelganger. And Manuel posts, like, a side-by-side picture of himself and the dude he was following, and they do look like they are indeed the same person. So, you know, super spooky. And Manuel also comments that it's really weird that this other Manuel is doing the exact same things that he did when he, like, first arrived to his vacation spot, which is super creepy. Yeah. And then this is when he finds the toilet paper message. So... (laughs) He goes back to his room and notices that there are words written on his roll of toilet paper in his hotel room, and they're all out of order, so he rearranges them with the help of people in the Twitter comments, and it essentially works out to, you are in danger, I can't be saved anymore, but you can. Go to the other room and stay there, this isn't a joke. So he spends some time trying to figure out what the other room means and can't really figure it out yet. And he starts hypothesizing that there are two tall men instead of just one of them. And then that's when he starts really freaking out. He's like, oh, God, what happened to tall man one? The same thing's going to happen to me. I need to figure this out. And he has like a weird dream where he keeps seeing other doppelgangers of himself And the next day is when he starts seeing his doppelganger at random places outside, just, like, staring at his hotel room. And he tries to let the hotel staff know, and they kind of, like, brush him off, like, okay, this dude's a little bit crazy and probably had too much to drink. Uh, So they don't really believe him. He decides to, like, take a walk to calm his mind. Um, And his hotel's at one end of this little resort town complex and he walks all the way down to the other side where he finds a hotel that looks exactly like his hotel but is kind of like a mirror image of his hotel and he goes inside and tries to talk to that second hotel staff and they're kind of very reminiscent of the second tall man just repeating things like don't worry please don't worry everything is fine everything's fine don't worry about it he freaks out, goes back to his hotel, 
tries to get some of his hotel staff to go to the other hotel with them because they have no idea this other hotel exists. And, you know, understandably, they look at him like he's crazy because, no, strange man, you're not going to abduct me and murder me in an alleyway somewhere. And this is, like, about when he realizes the other room probably refers to the same room number as his in the Mirror Hotel. Mm-hmm. Ha ha! And oh no. oh no! Oh no! And he he decides to go over to the other room in the Mirror Hotel, um, takes a video of himself going into the hotel using his key card to open the other hotel room. Somebody's in there. He freaks out. It was other Manuel. He chases him back to his hotel, and he books a flight home the next day. Goes home, starts relaxing because he feels like it's finally going to be over, right? But when he gets home, his doorman's like, hey, you're back soon. He's like, what the hell are you talking about? And the doorman tells him, yeah, you just left and told me to give you this package when you came back. And in (laughs) mysterious package left by the doppelganger. Um, And inside the package is just a single piece of paper. And it's a printout of Manuel's tweets with a big red X on top, and the back says, stop writing, this ends tonight, everything is fine. So he starts freaking out again, decides he needs to go back to his hotel and his vacation spot and that he never should have left. But when he tries to leave his apartment to go catch his flight, he can't find the door anymore. And that's when, like, he starts talking about, like, things are shifting his apartment, and... He looks out the window and he sees the pool from his hotel, but when he posts the picture, it's just his street outside. And he's like, my apartment's this weird halfway point between the hotel room and my apartment. I don't know where I am. And then other Manuel's there all of a sudden. They get in a big fight. Manuel manages to escape and locks himself in his weird halfway point bathroom and basically, like, tweets out his last tweets, and other Manuel breaks into the bathroom, is just standing over him, and then Manuel's tweets kind of devolve into that weird out-of-order speech that he was describing the first tall man uh, making. Um, And he, like, leaves a note on the toilet paper to try and warn somebody else before he just kind of, like, ends that Twitter thread with, like, hello. And the next day, there's um, a thread that's Manuel just kind of saying, hey, guys, please don't worry about me. It was all made up. I was on vacation with my girlfriend and my son. Everything's fine. I wasn't even staying at the hotel. Please don't worry about me. And the last uh, post is everything is fine. Smiley face. But is it really fun? <laughs> oh, but is it? But is it? Um, Find out next time. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I like that technique um, of using even the like disclaimer as part of the fiction. There's a podcast I listen to called Hello from the Magic Tavern. And the way they set up, it, it's, um, it's a like, comedy discussion show. Uh, where the premise is a guy fell through a portal and uh, is now in, like, this generic fantasy world, and so uh, his co-hosts are a wizard and a talking badger, and he, like, just interviews whatever magical creatures happen to be there. Um, But it has this framing narrative where this uh, 
voice that I think is credited as the mysterious voice or the mysterious man um, tells you, hey, none of this is real. I'm definitely not in a spaceship trying to observe uh, alternate realities and close the portals between them. Don't worry, this is all fake. Um, and I think that that's a very fun thing to do if you have like a piece of fic- fiction that people might think is real, to be like, don't worry, it's not real, and I'm not from the government telling you that it's not real because <laughs> it's my job too. <laughs> I think that's fun, uh, and this sort of does that at the end by being like, oh, yeah, it was all a joke. Everything is fine. Yeah, the ambiguity of the ending I thought was really great, especially because he's kind of he's using the exact same tactics that he describes the doppelgangers as using while he's on vacation. Of like, but yes. is it really fine? Is he now a doppelganger and he just t- took over his entire life? Uh, well, we Emma, should... had you had you seen this before? Um, before we had to read it for the show, I had not. Um, I, I I feel like I might have heard about it. Um, once or twice, but, um, it was my first time reading it. Um, I read it like yesterday, like I, I, like it took me like 20 minutes to finish it. And I was just, I was so engrossed. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I, I really, I really enjoyed the read. Like it was, you know, it was, it was suspenseful. Um, it was, um, you know, it, it, it was kind of like, uh, it, I, I like that it, it, it kind of was like a tease, you know, it started like teasing something really early and you weren't really sure what to make of it. And, um, I, I, I felt like the narrative was really well presented. Um, yeah, I mean, cause like, I feel like, um, if you ever like look up, uh, like glitch in the matrix, um, you know, it's like photos where like people will randomly show up, like you know, a, like wearing like a similar shirt and like someone like will capture it on like camera. Usually it's, it's yeah. great. You should yeah. look it up. Um, so yeah. it made me think of that. I was like, Oh, oh. yeah, this is a, a subreddit, a glitch in the matrix subreddit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was like, Oh, this is, it's, it, that's really interesting. Like, you know, the, the concept of like doppelgangers and body snatchers. Um, I, I really liked the way he chose to end it. Like it, it was, it was really, um, you know, with, you know, with the, the, you know, what you were talking about earlier with like, um, you know, the possibility of like the story not really being over and the disclaimer or like, or disclaimer that like, you know, um, that may, you know, that makes the implication that, um, you know, that, oh no, our hero yeah. is actually gone. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I really liked, I really liked the way he chose to do that. Like, oh, everything's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was just, um, it, like, it was, I, I feel like, um, I've kind of like taken a look at like his other, his, his work, like since I read the story and like, I, I feel like his humor is kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, kind of like, sort of uh-huh. like dorky dad humor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Alex, I just remembered that you didn't actually pick this story. So, uh, had you heard about it before? Um, before we had to read it for the show? No, actually, I hadn't heard about this one. But I mean, it was a really pleasant surprise because I really did end up liking this one. I mean, yeah, he did a great uh, job as presenting it like a, a real stream of consciousness, like how someone would actually react if they were on vacation, with like the highs and lows of him kind of like dipping into like paranoia for a while and then mustering himself to action to try and figure out the mystery. Yeah. 
Yeah, it has a little more uh, of a strong narrative than Dear David, which we discussed last week. Um, but, like, maybe lower production values, but yeah. also de- definitely, like, there's a more supernatural element to it, like, for sure, because at some point he's like, I went to my apartment, but then I'm in the hotel room also still. <laughs> um, and, like, it's it's not just, like, Eh, I don't know. The wind was blowing, and you got your cats got scared. Kind of thing. <laughs> um, but it's it's interesting to compare since these this hit maybe a month after Dear David started, uh, but probably before uh, before that got too big. Um, like this guy probably had no idea about Dear David. Um, I I don't know. I think these are probably the two most substantial and popular of the Twitter uh, Twitter preview pastas so far. Um, it's, it's an interesting phenomenon. I'll be interested to see where it goes from here. Uh, let's get into our spookiest parts. Emma, What uh, what's the spookiest part of this one for you? Ooh, um, definitely the um, this is specifically the video um, where he's back at his house and he sees his doppelganger on the street and he mm. takes this video of like the doppelganger just staring up at him like like angrily like that was that was really nicely done um, you know of, of course like you know we know like that you know he was he, you know that it's you know, him. yeah it's a stage photo like come on but um yeah it, it's still and you know and you know it is like when you're seeing it but um i i was just like oh like that um that moment actually like really like got to me oh and the toilet paper too <laughs> just like really weird because like um I, I I think, like, I kind of made a joke about it, like, when we all signed on. I was like, and it's toilet paper! <laughs> Spooky toilet <laughs> paper! <laughs> uh, but still, like, I, you know, there's something really, like, um, there's something really, like, striking when you see it. Um, like, and, and it says, and, and he says, it says, you know, and it says, you are in danger. It's like, oh, no! <laughs> and, well, my man! Yeah. You know, uh, so that's yeah. It, it, this story like did it for me. Like I enjoyed it. Yeah. Alex, how about you? What's your spookiest part? Um, my spookiest part is actually not. I guess it's only kind of tangentially related to the story, but it's actually the fact that we never really find out what the doppelgangers are or the how they happen. Like whether they're directly linked to that particular hotel room or it's some other type of phenomenon that was really, really spooky. Like, am I just going to go on vacation one day and I'm going to have to deal with this at some point? Is that what's going to happen? Or am I safe as long as I stay at home? Yeah, the mystery of it is uh, really freaky. And I think that is both, um, like, necessitated by and enabled by the format because it's just in tweets. So, like, it... He can't. He can't give uh, too much information because he has 140 characters to work with. Um, <laughs> but now he like, has 280. <laughs> oh yeah. Now if he wants to continue, <laughs> he can be he can be twice as lengthy. But it's it's like that. That limit makes it so because he has to present it as believable uh, social media posts. It it adds a different flavor to it altogether. Um, 
I think for me the spookiest part is that last picture of the doppelganger where it's like blurry and he's standing over him. Um, and oh, yeah. the tweet right after is, I don't know what he's waiting for. Why doesn't he get it over with? Um, actually, I'm realizing I don't know when this first posted because I'm looking at the English translation. This must have posted. Uh, yeah, this has to have not actually been in um, in September. This must have posted earlier in the summer. Yeah, Chupi's um, translations um, get posted in August, so it was probably, the originals were probably posted sometime in August, I think. Yeah, I think uh, I think that was, uh, like, happening live. So yeah, this ends up posting at the, around the same time that uh, Dear David starts. <sighs> Which is interesting that, like, within the same month we got these two major important Twitter creepy. Yeah, pastas. that's like a cool uh, zeitgeisty coincidence. Yeah. Uh, it was uh, another interesting thing happened in August and September when we got two uh, previously thought to be impossible Stephen King adaptations. Oh, yes. With uh, <laughs> The Dark Tower and It. Um, and one of them ended up being very bad and the other is pretty good. Uh, it's interesting the way, um, I forget what this is called, this phenomenon where two similar things come out at the same time like The Prestige and The Illusionist, or Deep Impact and Armageddon? Does, does it fall into, like, synchronicity, or is it just one of those, like, weird, unexplainable, human hive mind, collective consciousness kind of deals? I have no idea what... Oh, Twin Films is the name of the phenomenon, uh, according to Wikipedia. Um, it's, like... All, it's almost always a coincidence. Um, yeah, I don't. That, yeah, sorry. Go that on. the two movies. No, that's fine. It's it's like almost never one studio ripping off another. Another. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I don't really feel like it's. You know, I I, I don't really feel like there's like that much of a coincidence. I mean, a, a lot of storytellers use Twitter and social media in this kind of capacity. Yeah. Um, like, I guess the fact that, I mean, they both kind of went viral um, is, it, you know, at the same time, it, or, um, or I mean, I guess got, like, gained a lot of traction. Um, I mean, everything's viral now. How do you, like, really go viral anymore? It just kind of... <laughs> but, um, yeah, like, uh, you know, people just kind of use Twitter in, in this way to, like, write a story or make a narrative. I mean, I wrote, like, a whole short story on Twitter once. It was great. Um so yeah, I mean, I yeah, that's that's just my take on it. Is like I don't, I don't, you know, I think I think it's just kind of what it is. Yeah, yeah, I I think it's probably ju like it's obviously a coincidence, but I think because the stories are similar, we can file it away with like ants and the bug life, uh, <laughs> yeah. deep impact in Armageddon, uh, the Truman Show and Ed TV. Um, it's like it's it's fun. And interesting to think about. And then the real creepypasta is, why do we keep coming up with these same stories that come out at the same time? Ooh. Um, I don't know. I I like uh, social media as a way to tell stories. Um, and it's interesting that it's sort of taken like 11 years of Twitter existing for this type of thing to exist, for someone to uh, construct a horror story by documenting their day um, in the same way that we construct 
I guess, a documentary story <laughs> by documenting our day. Uh, people yeah. are taking to do fiction now. Um, yeah, I think that's you should, that's fun. Yeah. Oh, sorry. You should read. Um, you should read Small Places. It's like a it's a short novel that um that was like written entirely on Twitter. It's amazing. Um, and it, like yeah. Um, and like in in college, a senior project for me was uh like something similar. I wrote. I like I was really inspired by Small Places, so I wrote like a whole like short novella and illustrated it. Um, yeah. So people like it's it's really interesting to me. Um, like how people use social media in this way to tell stories and, um, like to invent characters and, um, really like as a creative medium, as much as it is like just a social platform to talk about like your amazing soup that you had for lunch. Um, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, that was like a whole tangent. No, I mean, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Fun. It is fun yeah. to see how these things like kind of evolve and how people can kind of repurpose these mediums for different uses than, you know, their original intent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, um, I don't know. I don't, I don't have much to say about it, I think. Um, uh, do we have any other final thoughts about this story or the phenomenon in general before we move on to plugs? Yeah, I really, nope. I really yeah. enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I, I felt like it had a really good narrative structure. Um, you know, there's something really endearing about the story too. You know, especially like you know, I said that he, you know, his like weird kind of like befuddled dad humor. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah um, uh, it, it's it's spooky enough to be suspenseful um but not too spooky for me so <laughs> yeah yeah i i'm lucky because uh, i usually don't get spooked out by uh written material it usually takes uh some sort of audiovisual content um so i can uh i'm a coward for stories but i can get through the ones for this show pretty easily <laughs> Um, where can the people find you online uh, to interact with you if you would like them to do so? Let's start with Alex. Um, the people can find me on Twitter and Instagram. Um, Twitter is more like stream of consciousness bullshit. Uh, Instagram is spooky outfit shots and occasionally tarot. Um, uh, but it's a love lark on Twitter and rose underscore lark on Instagram, both with a C. And Emma, where can the people find you? I am on Instagram as Weirdo Chronicles, um, in which I chronicle my life as being a weirdo. Um, my Twitter is Dainty or Smarter, but Dainty is spelled D-A-I-N-T-Y-R. Because it's cool. Uh, that's fine. Uh, probably also character limits, I would guess. Uh, it's like the same. I think it's... Yeah, I think it would, it would still work, but uh, I like that it's a little bit funky. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you you can find me in the usual places. Weaponizedlanguage.com for more episodes of this show and my other shows. Patreon.com slash JK. One dollar a month gets you two extra podcasts and a written thing. Etsy.com slash shop slash fun times online which is where you can order beat sprites uh, from me. Um... If you don't know what that is, go look at that URL I just said, and then you'll know what it is, because there's pictures of them. Uh, they can be refrigerator magnets, or uh, I can make them amiibos. 
I'll take custom orders. I also have the Belcher family from Bob's Burgers already made, ready to send to you. Um, well, I would have to remake Bob. I made a Bob for somebody uh, and sent it to them, but then I was bored, so I made the rest of them, too. Um, anyway, you can go order those. Uh, the fridge magnets are $5. The Amiibos are $7. Shipping is usually like two sixty seven ish uh, if it ends up being cheaper, I'll I'll let you know. Um, that's uh, that's oh, I will almost always forget. Go on Facebook and search Creepypods to Fan Group, and you can join the conversation with other fans, past guests. I'm on there sometimes. Uh, it's a good time. Um, anyway, that's all. Everything is fine. Everything is fine. Super fine. <laughs> Thank you.